Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 174. We made it. But barely. I botched the, the intro like four times before we actually started. So, But we're here. We did make it. And uh, for those of you who are keeping track, uh, two weeks ago, it's taken him two weeks, but Ed now has his contact uh, taken care of. My eye is thankful. His yeah. eye is not red and bloodshot. So, so happy. For those of you who have been keeping track for the past two, because we, we filmed three in a row. So this three is the row. same day. I know it's confusing to all you guys out there, but here we are. Uh, uh, here we are. We have a, a question again. I, I want to say, you know. What do you want to say? I, I noticed that the opening, which has traditionally gone a certain way, today mm-hmm. has gone differently. Has it? Sorry. What do you mean? Well, normally it's greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. You say, and then you say the number. Yeah. Okay. And, and then he says we made it. Yeah. And then he says, I'm Jason. This is Ed. This oh, is Nathan. I'm sorry. And three episodes in a row, he has ignored me and Nathan. Yeah. I have not done that. I'm sorry. But that's okay. That's all right. It's okay. It's okay. Now, now I'm upset. Ed. You've been called to account. I know. <laughs> I feel I feel shamed in front of in front of our super fans. <laughs> I just wanted to call it out before they did. Since There's it was no, the last one. There is there is no uh, condemnation in super fans. Ah. All super fans have. Then I feel better. I feel redeemed. Because apparently our only super fan is Jesus, where there is no condemnation. Praise God. Jesus is not a super fan. That's right. So, since there is no condemnation, this question is a conundrum. A conundrum. Don't y'all like my segue? I do, man. So, someone wants to know, can you help me make sense of the God of the Old Testament? He seems so angry and violent. And like he does not share the same traits as Jesus. I've heard that before. I have felt that before. I've read that before. Yeah, me too. I've, I've, so I'm with you. Whoever asked this question, anonymous, I'm with you on that. Now, so the, so the question is, how do we make sense of all that? Because, let's, let's just admit, there are some passages in the, in the Old Testament that make God mm-hmm. seem... Very angry and committing acts of violence against people and smiting hither and yon. (laughs) Hither and yon. (laughs) If you read the old... uh, It appears to be what he does. Yeah. And then we get Jesus in the New Testament and no smiting and no hither. No. None of that. Mm -mm. So... A lot of blessing going on. Lots of love. Lots of sacrificial love going on. So a lot of people have trouble with that. How do we square that? So let's talk about how we make sense of the Old Testament God in light of Jesus. Well, I'm going to let e- either of you start. I'm looking for the title you of a looking book. Up? I'm looking up the title of a book. Are you looking up uh, the, the both, both Inspired Imperfection? Uh, no. Is that the book you're looking for? No. Oh, okay. Why don't you talk about Inspired Imperfection? You brought it up. Uh, well, I thought I saw him type in Greg Boyd on his phone, and I <laughs> yeah. thought, is that the book you're looking for? Well, I was going to look for the Crucifixion uh, of the Warrior God. Crucifixion of the Warrior God. There it is. That's and I was going to say one and two. I was going to say to people, there is there is a there's really good scholarly work that has been done on this yes. to help you understand it. So I would start with saying, which they they're going to say too, mm-hmm. we all have learned to view the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus, which is a, we both learned it. I mean, we all three learned it primarily through Greg Boyd. He was our teacher on that kind of thing. There have been other people too, Mm -hmm. but you should know he didn't like create it. Mm -hmm. This has been the way since early 
one two hundreds into the into Christian life, uh, in the early early church fathers, they began to help people see mm-hmm. this does explain things we've been reading in the prophets from long mm-hmm. ago. In fact, you get a little glimpse of it now. It's about salvation when. Uh, Philip talks to the Ethiopian unit, and he says he began at that point to explain that all this pointed to Jesus. And you get it on the road to Emmaus mm-hmm. when Jesus says he explained to them that the Messiah had to suffer. Mm-hmm. Did he not have to suffer? Mm-hmm. And he explained the Old Testament scriptures that they had read their whole life and that his death and resurrection became the final piece that made all of that clear to people. Mm-hmm. The same is true about this. Now, we're going to talk about it some but I would just, if you this is a hang-up for you or you want to really understand it mm-hmm. and you are capable and willing to wade through really scholarly books, mm-hmm. Greg Boyd has a book, two, two volumes, yeah. <laughs> called Crucifixion of the Warrior God. Mm-hmm. But he also has a more meant-for-general-reading people yeah. called Cross Vision. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is that's, a, that's the one you should read. That's an exceptional book, and almost anybody could read that book mm-hmm. and understand it, of, okay. of how to understand the Old Testament violence through the lens of the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so I, I don't want to go into it. I mean, we talked about this a little bit in Ananias and Sapphira, which was a few yeah. weeks ago. Another highly watched episode. Yeah. So we did touch on some of this, so you might want to go back and watch some of that. You might get a more full picture. Yeah. So I, I'm open for you guys to say, and I do think the book you were talking about, uh, Inspired Imperfection, is also that a was great a, one. Yeah. That was the one that has really been formative for me. Okay. Personally. Talk about why. Um, the f- Well, let's, let me start here. The way I grew up being taught that the Bible, how to, how to approach the Bible, was that every word of the Bible is directly from God's mouth. And what I mean by that, and that's going to cause some problems, I know, but what, what I mean by that is that God approves of every single thing that was written in the Scriptures and was attributed to Him. Right. Um, and, and one of the points He makes in... Greg Boyd makes in that book is that not every single line of scripture is God or endorsed in other words. And what it, what he's saying is some humans wrote some stuff down that might not exactly capture the, the character of God, but God still allowed it to happen. That's where the inspired imperfection title comes from, that there are things written about God attributed to God that people wrote down because it was from their perspective God allowed it to stay in there, but it is not representative of his nature. Right. So like, for instance, when the psalmist talks about, you know, um, wanting God to, to, to slaughter babies. Right. right. That was his expression of something that he would want. Of his and deep anguish. His anguish and his ups, he's angry and he's pouring all that out. And, and so, but God allows that to stay. And, and his point in the book is God has always been uh, a suffering God in that he has long suffered for us, even our misconceptions of him. And he allows that to happen because of his love and grace. And and, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but for me, that helped a lot. 
yeah. to see that, okay, this somebody somebody decided that this could be attributed to God, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. And so, and then you go back to what Ed just said, interpreting everything through the lens of Jesus, everything that I see in scripture that does not fit into the the nature of who Jesus was revealed to be tells me that maybe it's not exactly representative of who God is. Maybe this was a person's interpretation or maybe this was their experience that they were having at the time. Um, So I still can see God through the lens of Jesus in everything. And even the New Testament itself at points begins to point to this. I think about the Mm -hmm. book of Hebrews, which our elders were studied together. And I know some of our small groups have been doing some study in Hebrews. Hebrews begins by saying, God has spoken in various ways through various mm-hmm. means and times. And mm-hmm. that's not the exact quotation, but he talks about mm-hmm. through angels, through prophets, through people. But his final, full, complete revelation yes. of who he really is, mm-hmm. is Jesus. Yeah. So even in that statement, it's saying that the old things we got, they weren't perfect. Mm-mm. They were incomplete. Yep. They, they, they weren't exactly all the things that they should be. Mm-hmm. And they were written in a time, in a culture, and a lot of the Old Testament, if you understand, even some of the things that are really, really hard to understand, when you compare the God of Israel to the gods that were a part of the Canaanite region, Mm -hmm. he is so vastly different Mm -hmm. and more merciful and Mm -hmm. more loving, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, because people make the point of, uh, well, you know, this Noah flood, it just wipes out the whole planet except for eight people. Well, all the other gods of the region, they wipe out everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, God says, I, the, the people have come to the place that they, do, you know, their destruction is inevitable. And I'm just basically speeded on is the way Genesis talks about that. Mm-hmm. But he still doesn't, isn't done with human beings. So he finds the best one he can, which turns out ain't that great of a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just the best one he can find because he loves human beings. And even that, though it's a faulty version, you begin to see that what God, when God reveals himself in the Old Testament, he says, I'm compassionate, I'm long-suffering, I, yeah. I do forgive to a thousand generations. And, you well, know. well, even the, what we see mostly in the Old Testament, of this, the sacrificial system that was set up in order to, you know, the, the Israel's way of worshiping of God, even that itself was, like you, you said, it was just a a shadow of something greater that was coming. Right. And it wasn't, God never intended for, oh, this is the way I want things to work. Right. Mm-hmm. He was accommodating to a culture that had a, had uh, cultures all around them that, that saw so, sacrificial systems as the only way right, to appease right. their gods. And so they come in and they create their own system of this. God accommodates it for a time, but says, no, that's okay. That's, that's all right. But, Let's let's keep moving. Let's and he keep keeps going moving through. them away. He moves them away from every other Canaanite god. Mm-hmm. They're sacrificing humans. Exactly. And God says, oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. not going to happen. We're not doing that. And then even plainly in the Old Testament says through one of the prophets, I don't really desire sacrifice. That's exactly right. That's mm-hmm. not really what I'm about. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so there's a whole lot of that push-pull going on that you see in the Old Testament. of a. It is the story of a people who have been given a picture of of God 
and they're they're struggling to figure it out and they're struggling to relate to him and he's he's trying to pull them along throughout this whole historical story and and it's a, it's a it is a growing revelation that goes all the way up to the point of Jesus. Right. That's right. That's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think I I would uh, I would agree on uh I think the Jesus is the primary uh way that we view everything in the Bible. I think it's the way we view everything in life is through Jesus, particularly through the cross. Um, and then I think, you know, there it's okay to just wrestle with the stuff in the Old Testament. I, mm-hmm. You know, um, I like a lot of the stuff that Greg says. A lot, of, a lot of stuff other people say. I think Dallas Willard has a term he uses called, uh, not he, he, he doesn't talk about progressive revelation. He talks about a thing called progressive apprehension. And uh, it's an interesting concept that I'm not sure I fully understand, but I'm trying to kind of look at what his is. I think the best example I was given to this, I was, uh, and it might have been Greg Boyd. I can't, I can't remember. It's one of those Anabaptist-ish people um, that were kind of explaining it, and the the, the illustration they used um, was if I was walking down a street and it was a busy street where I, I couldn't cross to the other side and I saw my wife walking across the street and she walks up to a homeless man um, and she's offering the homeless man money and then all of a sudden she spits on him and punches him and uh, and kicks him while he's down and walks away. I couldn't deny that it was my wife over there who was doing it. And I couldn't deny that what I'd seen, there was something that happened that I could not, I could not reconcile with the person I know my wife to be. But what I wouldn't do is say, well, that's not my wife, or I'm gonna divorce her and leave her because that what I just saw doesn't make sense. He goes, I would wait till I got home and I would say, hey, I saw this thing and it didn't make sense to me based on who I know you to be. Can you help me understand? Because no matter how horrible what I saw was, I would not immediately assume that my wife was so terrible that I had all the information. And and I thought that's honestly a very helpful image to me when I see things in the Old Testament that I'm not always sure how to reconcile. If I will look at it and go, I know who God is based on what I see in Jesus, right? Unrelenting love and compassion. Uh, he is peaceful. Uh, he lays down his life rather than taking life. And then I see these things in the Old Testament and I go, man, that I don't that doesn't look like Jesus. For me to look at that and then on the other side of it go, well, but I'm going to continue to set my eyes on Jesus and walk towards him. And when we're home one day, I'm going to mm-hmm. say, hey, what was the deal with that thing? Mm-hmm. Because that doesn't seem to look like Jesus. And so we say that all the time around here. If you see something and it doesn't look like Jesus, mm-hmm. um, keep your eyes focused on Jesus and keep moving. It doesn't mean you have to deny what's there. No. Right. Or it's okay to just say, I don't understand it. I'll pray about it. I'll ask for an answer for it. But it won't sidetrack me from what I know is true. Yeah. And also I, understand that the people writing the Old Testament are in a completely different culture right. and time and mindset than you are. It reminds me of one of the old, uh, uh, how do I say this? One of the objections that people uh, put up is, you know, in the Old Testament, it says that God... Uh, committed genocide and completely wiped out all the Canaanites. And I know that's what the text says. It says he didn't leave any man, woman, child alive, da-da-da-da. But if you keep reading, you will find some Canaanites later on in the the verses. That's right. So what does that mean? Well, 
we we know in that culture that they like to to brag about their battles That's in right. such a way that it sounded like we obliterated them. It's like you hear a you know a basketball team say we crushed them, we uh, we wiped them off. We the court. won by seven points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't obliterate anybody. You right. just won. Well, a lot of times there was there was a. Uh, you know, trash talking in, antu- in right. antiquity. And so there may be a lot of that going on. So you have to approach the text under- with a lot of humility on your part of going, mm-hmm. well, I know what that says. Well, maybe you don't know what that says. You know what they wrote. Yeah. But you need to climb inside their headspace to fully appreciate and understand. So, and I, and I was saying that to bounce off of what Nathan is saying. If you look at it and go, I know what I see. But I also know Jesus, and I'm going to just not make a judgment yet until mm-hmm. I know for sure, and I can investigate that a little bit yeah. more. And I think it's hard for us to get into. I think it's it's hard for me, <laughs> even though I have studied. I love reading ancient history because it's just, it's. I know it's why other people read science fiction. It's so otherworldly if you <laughs> just put yourself in it. It's so violent, mm-hmm. but... They're still very cutting. They're not stupid. These are not stupid people. No. Mm-hmm. They are except they have the same thoughts we have. Mm-hmm. They're exceptionally cunning. But they are the violence is incredible. And the way that they view things, their their view of everything in the world is just so vastly different mm-hmm. than ours. God is on a trek of taking them from the way the story, this is just the story of the Bible from being in a perfect environment where they are with God and they know God, man breaks that. And there's a long passage of time. We read it and it's the flip of the page, but there's this long passage of time of chaos. Mm -hmm. I mean, just darkening and people getting worse and worse and more violent to the point that Noah, when Noah comes on the place, the violence, God says, the violence of man has reached the point yeah, that he's right. just had his fill of the violence mm-hmm. of human beings, mm-hmm. and he's he regrets that that's taken place. Mm-hmm. We can't put ourselves in that. And if you can just imagine a God who's a really good God who had given you everything, but you've totally forgotten about it over hundreds of years, and he's got to figure out how to get you back. Well, you can't just drop into that. They don't even understand love and compassion and kindness. And mm-hmm. they you have to slowly bring that back. So some of the things that they see about this God and they write about this God may be the same way that your six-year-old sees punishment when you when you say something to them that you mean as love. And you even said it very lovingly. In their mind, it came across as my dad wants me to completely wipe out all, you know, mm-hmm. and you never said that. It, it's just God bringing these people that have gone, they've gone so, and we don't appreciate how far we've come because of the resurrection. Yes. The whole planet, yes. even the planet that doesn't believe in Jesus, how far the planet has come and the kingdom of God has broken out and how much goodness has come even to people who have not asked for it because of what Jesus has done and God's revelation is continuing of himself and you can see it all around you. The darkness is a part of the story. It is. But you're seeing it through a very tiny little perspective of somebody who is in a really dark place when they're writing. That's Well, I think it would be, I do think it would be hard to read the entirety of the Old Testament 
and walk away and say, wow, this is a really angry and vengeful God. I think when you get stuck on certain passages, it's really easy to go, wow, that's a really angry and vengeful God. But I think when you see it, as you said, as a story, um, the most repeated verse in the Old Testament, and, and, and if you look at it in the New Testament as well, they kind of rephrase it a few times, is, you know, Yahweh the Lord, I'm full of abounding love and compassion. I'm slow to anger. Mm-hmm. All these kind of descriptions. And, and there's so much of what God is doing that is a blessing to people and is moving people forward. And I'm not, I, as, as you heard me say earlier and you've heard all to say, I'm not trying to just say, oh, those other things aren't in there. And that there aren't things that on the face of them, when you look at them, you go, oh, wow, that's pretty horrific. Um, but I also think, like you said, it doesn't fully take into account um, how violent the world that they lived in was um, in comparison to the world we live in. And I don't think it's the breadth of what the story is by, you know, by and large that, you know, God is so full of love and compassion, even in the Old Testament. Um, and I think it is a re- reductionist take to what? say that primarily what you see is a cold, distant, angry, vengeful God. Um, when, and I'm not. I'm not accusing the person who wrote this. I think that's a pretty common take. No, I have been and, right there with this person. Yeah, there have been times in my life where I have been right there, and I think the reason is because those those episodes of the of the angry appearance and the violence in the Old Testament, it stands out to us one because it's so different than our world. Two, we can't imagine Jesus saying those kind of things, mm-hmm. which that's the right hat take to have on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like little flashes of lightning, they grab your attention in a very dark time. So they stand out to you. You look at it and you go, what in the world is that? Mm-hmm. How does that come about? Well, and, I but think, it, and the only reason you do is because of the difference that Jesus has that's made. That's right. Yeah. Honestly, that the, and like Ed mentioned earlier, the in its context, those things were not shocking. Right. <laughs> but to our ears today, they are shocking That's right. because mm-hmm. of the change that has come about because of the movement of Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. And even in our world today, the places where we look at and go, I can't believe people still do that is the places where the gospel has impacted the least. Mm-hmm. It's where the gospel is just, again, breaking into or used to be and they turned their back. And you, you look at the way they treat each other and you go, how do human beings do that to each other? No one thought that at the time of Noah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one thought that at the time of these where we're going to wipe out the whole. No one thought, how do you do that to human beings? It's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I feel like we just scratched the surface on I, this. I got to tell you, I, honestly, it's hard for us in this hard. podcast Mm-hmm. to decide to answer that as fully. And I apologize. I do think the, those are the best. There's lots of them. You can read other people's answers on it. And there are people that absolutely say, no, God was just that way in the Old Testament. And that's mm-hmm. what was required. Sure. And I was taught that. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. I don't I don't believe that anymore. I can't mm-hmm. reconcile it with Hebrews. Mm-hmm. It says Jesus mm-hmm. is the final complete mm-hmm. and that those others were or that's what came through those people. And it's not that it's not true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just their glimpse of it. 
You just reminded me. There's a there's a book I have not gotten to it yet, but it is on my list to read. Um, that is on this uh, topic right here. It's uh, by Brian Zond. It's called "Sinners in the Hands of a Loving God." Oh yeah. And uh, I I know enough of the book to know it deals with this question in a really good way. But I haven't. Re- I have to confess I haven't read the whole the book yet. I plan to. That's another one that I, I would imagine is pretty easy to read. I'm, I'm sure that that's might, probably true. That might be helpful as well. So, but lots of good stuff out there. If you want more, send us something. Uh, we'll answer more on that. Um, if you want more specifics, email one of us. We can take care of that too. I haven't said this in a couple of uh, episodes, but continue to send questions mm. uh, right there in the description to this podcast, this video, whatever you're, you're and doing. And apparently names. And yeah. some names. If you want to name the podcast, we might read them. We might take them in consideration. It feels like we missed our chance. I do too. It's just a joke now. We well, have no, no name. We could choose a name. I we mean, have if, no name. If somebody comes up with a great name, yeah, it's get I'm, a good name in there. But you know, mm-hmm. it it needs to be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'll tell you what won't play with this crowd. Cute doesn't play with us. No. <laughs> Look at us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it don't. It don't play here. Uh, puns? Mm-mm. Not not, so that's not going to get. That's not going to get over the bar. No. 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 <laughs> so yeah. You send them away. We'll 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 see what what we get. So we will be back next week with whatever question you put in next, because I am to the end of the list. So write us in, ask us what you want us to talk about. See ya. See ya.